You're listening to Glitch Please number 62. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit roosterteeth.com. Glitch Please, the show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Brian? Brian? Did I say my name right? No, you did. (laughs) I just like, for whatever reason, and I'm sure you get this all like your entire life, but for some reason, whenever anyone says Brian, I'm always in the back of my head going, Brian? Brian? I think it's from Family Guy. Oh. And I just keep, I just. I just echo Brian over and yeah, over yeah, yeah. in my head in stupid voices. I've, I've heard Brian, Brian, which is yeah. why I said Brian. Okay, that's yeah. what prompted it. Most people call me by my last name Gar because they're just a lot of Brians. That must have been a popular name in the 70s because like I went, one, in fourth grade there were four Brians in, in my class. In, yeah, Gar, in my Gar class there were four Ashleys in you. fourth grade. Yeah. So if you're like a caveman or a Viking, you right. just automatically, uh, that would be your first name. Yep. Yeah. It means well done, like a steak. It's perfect. In Dutch. Yep. Also, just your general work, Brian. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. All right, moving on to video <laughs> games. Uh, it is RGX week. This will be a slightly shorter Woo-hoo! episode. That is also why Gus isn't here. He's working on something very cool. Has uh, Have they announced what, uh, what Gus is working on for RTX? I don't believe so. Okay, so it's a surprise. We can't leak it. Can't on surprises. It'll be a good time. Uh, but he's he's working on all of that. Half of the studio is downtown getting everything set up. Poor broadcast is going mental. Good job, crew. You guys are nailing it. It's going to be a really fun weekend. I hope to see as many of you guys uh, as possible there. Of course, if you are watching this, RTX is happening. Or if you're late to this, has happened. You missed it. But it's going to be a really good time. I'm super excited about it. Uh, but uh, we'll, so that's going to be our big focus this weekend. Also means that next week we'll be like, what did you play? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll Was be busy. Next week. There'll be no one here. I played rehydrating myself after. Good <laughs> luck. Yeah, after a weekend of RTX. But we have at least had uh, this last weekend yep. to the calm before the storm. What did you guys get up to playing? Man, uh, so I, I played some more No Man's Sky over the weekend, uh, and I have come to the conclusion that that game is maybe not for me. As much as I want it to be, and as much as I think that they did add a reasonable amount of content in the new update, uh, and all the updates that I missed previously, um, I just don't think the structure of that game is for me. There's there's like a loop there that is, uh, it's a little bit too, like, samey, like you just... You have to do this thing, you have to get materials to do this thing, and then to do the, the thing, you have to get some more materials, and it's just like a constant flow of like pointing my mining laser at a rock, or trying to find a rock and mine it. And, and that's fine. Um, I think that if they ever added some more, like if they expanded on the PvE elements rather than just the, 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 the survival elements, I might be more into it. Uh, like You're they, not wrong. If I may. Yeah, totally. Uh, there are some things that end up changing that loop around a little bit. Things like uh, once you get a freighter, mm-hmm. which as uh, I, I think I think yeah, when we were talking to Bryant, that might have been the first I heard of that you could just like get them for free. But it, now that's very common knowledge yes. that you can warp into a system and there will be a fleet of freighters under attack by pirates, you take the pirates out, and then the the fleet captain is like, oh, he saved us here, have my ship. Yeah, it's a good deal. Have my capital ship. <laughs> by and, the way, I retire. Yeah, and these the ships, they're worth millions of units, so if you're really on in the game, that's 
a lot. Yeah. And so uh, once you get a freighter, then you can uh, build out these frigates that you can then send basically on their own little missions, like resourcing. Totally. So that way you can start to stockpile some of the resources that you otherwise are constantly finding yourself right. going over and, that, and over and over. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I just think that even even with that, like just the, the, the upgrades of like here, you can have more slots. Like the inventory management for me is a little wonky. I, I kind of wish it was just an alphabetical list instead of blocks. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a fine game. It does perform like shit. And I don't know why. Uh, like it's not... I don't know. It's it's not that visually impressive, but well, they've they've added a lot of sort of like visual, like they've like redone a bunch of shaders. They've done a whole bunch of other things, and I think that 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 could potentially have had a yeah. a bit of an optimize. They they took an optimization. What, what are you playing on? Think. Are you playing on PC? Or? Yeah. Okay. PC. Apparently, so I'm playing on PC as well, and it has been rough. Apparently, on PS4, it's the worst. Really? Like there are like save bugs where you lose progress. There are just like hard crashes, uh, it's, apparently it's pretty bad right now. Oh, I've had a couple of bugs, in the multiplayer in particular. Yeah. Uh, I was playing, um, I like basically, uh, Bernie, Teddy, and JD all loaded into my save when we were running around in my universe, and Teddy had that typical goddamn Teddy luck. He is the luckiest person in the world, I'm convinced. What's this freighter doing here? Like, something like you that. You say that. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. He got bored and decided to warp out to the nearest star. Yeah. And got a huge, like, uh, class A freighter. That's cool. He was like, why are they attacking this ship? And we're like, save it. Save it. Save them. Save the, yeah, save, yeah. save the freighter. He did. And they were like, here, have this class oh. A freighter. And he's like, what do I do with this? And I was like, I've been saving for one of those, you son of a bitch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he has one of those. <laughs> it, it still feels kind of loose to me. Like, But that's kind of my problem with this genre of game. It's like, oh, you can do anything. That's awesome. Yeah. But the downside is you can do anything. Right. And I need... I. I I, I feel, feel like, like I need a rail action. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I, I kind of wish that there was some, and, and I think there is a little bit of, uh, like, you can only work to certain systems after you have a certain level of hyperdrive, and that's kind of cool, because it, there is, like, some level of progression there. Right. Um, and, then, and then when you go to those systems, that's where you see, like, the hexagon planets and... I need to get into all, those All systems. the wild Bubble shit. planets. Right. Yeah. And that's, that is cool. I, I kind of wish that within those, like, level of gating, there was, like, like, like hard giant enemies that you would fight on on, exactly. on planets and yeah. just some level of treadmill uh, for yes. people that aren't just into survival. I will say that like if you're into this sort of game though, it does seem like it's finally a game that I could recommend if you're into that type of thing. Like if you're so into just the, Hello the, the Games free has roaming. been just dropping patches left and right for mm -hmm. the last few days. Like I think yesterday they dropped another hotfix patch, but it's only for PC. So PS4 and Xbox are still two patches behind, which is why they're still having those issues yeah. you mentioned. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the difficulties with console is pushing updates like that. There was a thing a while ago where uh, a, a developer had been talking about how many updates games could have on console before they had to start paying for them. And I think that's oh. all gone away, but it like historically that kind of thing is the reason that you see fewer larger patches on console, whereas PC they're like, nah, push it out. Right. And in fact, I, uh, I did a fun thing where I had to figure out how to roll No Man's Sky all the way back. 
Because by default, you can't just tell Steam to download uh, the vanilla launch version of the game. It'll it'll update just automatically. Uh, and if you download something, it's going to download the mo most recent version. So I had to go and look up. It involves, like, basically you can launch Steam with a console and you can tell it, you have to tell mm -hmm. it, like, this... Data like this, this is just like depot, a this like manifest, this build, and so it's like That's you cool. basically feed in the string of numbers. It will download something, uh, sort of like hidden, and then you just go in and you move it into the other folder. That's cool that it actually lets you do that. But you can do it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's it. I I'm a little bit worried now that I just need to uninstall Steam and reinstall it right. because I forget what I changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, overall, I've been having. Yeah, I've, I've been having fun with it, but I am playing it slightly less because I there are still other games yeah. that I haven't finished and I want to finish. Yeah. And uh, Sandbox does have the potential to take as much of your time yeah. as you can give it. So totally. I've been going back to Octopath a little bit. I've been doing my treadmill thing, which is working out great for me in the Texas heat. And oh, uh, I, I finally did the, the math. I am 175 miles into Persona 5. Nice. How much? How long does that translate into gameplay? Yeah. Are you walking three miles an hour? Three and a half. Three and a half. So I try and keep it brisk. I can't do that math in my head. Neither can I. I did it on a calculator and I can't do it back the other way. <laughs> Great. Hey, Ben, you want to do the math? I'm we just need 175 Let's... divided by 3.5. Wait, hold on. Hold That's a little under 20. 175 divided by 3.5 is 50. That makes sense. 3. 50. For Persona. Does? Am I only 50 hours in? Man, that's mental. Casual. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I'm trying to dedicate an hour or two a day to that, playing Octopath. Are you still like Octopath? Like, where are you in the... I do, but I feel like it's good that I've had a little bit of a break. I yeah. was starting to feel the the grindy gameplay that's where a I little am. bit yeah. and so uh, ha taking a break playing something else and then coming back to it definitely helped mm -hmm. refresh that for me yeah. I think the grind in that game that didn't kill it for me but I did the grind to get to get like up it up to and past the level requirements of all the level four um, chapters and then I got to them and I'm just like that's nah, fine yeah. I'm just going to take a break, and I don't know if I'll go back. I want to. I've been urged on some of these to sort of B-skip the story. Uh, I know that's terrible because that's what you play the game, but I'm just like, dude, I, don't, I don't need to You just want to get back the, to the game. That's grind. the thing is, like, the game, I, I actually did that the first time I played the demo, and I hated it because I was like, I have no context for any of this. Right, right. This, this game, it's fun to just kill stuff, but there's no, there's nothing else to it. It's like there's combat. There's interacting with people in town and, and there's, there's story. Like, yeah, that's you it. need that third yes. pillar. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I like that game a lot. I've, I can't complain about a game I put 50 hours into. Right. Um, but I, I will say, by the time you get to chapter four, you're either in it or you're maybe falling off a little bit. Well, isn't chapter four it's the end? The end? It's so. the end, yeah. Yeah, and, that makes a lot of sense. And there's no, like, grand... I'm not, I'm not done it. There's no grand end, right? There just, is. There, oh, there is. I okay. shouldn't say a grand end. Uh, there is there is a culmination dungeon basically. Once you beat everything, like if is, you take everybody, to I don't think you can take everybody. But I think once you beat every every everyone's story, there is another dungeon that opens up that is like you go to. But you have to get eight through eight chapter eight four. Chapter okay, fours, yeah. jeez, okay, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so, That's a lot. It's a lot. You have to work hard for that dungeon. Yeah. Um, should I talk about Chasm? Yeah. Well, actually, so 
Um, you make a great segue. Ooh. This has been a really good week for indie games in particular. Mm -hmm. Chasm came out, yes. which is a procedurally generated Metroidvania. Stardew Valley's multiplayer is officially here, so get ready to hear me talk about that endlessly for that's the next what I've, couple of that's months. That's what I've been playing to build so up. So excited. Yeah, I got um, excited. The, they released new content for Enter the Gungeon. Yep. So. Are you seeing Dungeon? Gungeon. Gungeon. Dungeon? With the G. Oh, okay. And then. Gungeons and Dragons. Gungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's been a really good week for indie games. Let's talk about them. Games that I was oh my goodness. So, first of all, let's start with Chasm. We actually did a video. You weren't able to join us because you yeah, were you guys doing... did the video when I was busy. You were setting up for RTX. You were invited, and you said I can't do the video. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm really curious to, to, to see what you guys think. But so, Chasm is a game that was kickstarted five years ago or so, or so maybe more. It's been more. in development a while. It's been a while. Um, and leading up to it, I, I think I saw it at PAX 2013, PAX East, at, at the Indie Mega Booth, and I was like, dude, this is fucking cool. Um, and it is a beautiful game. The art style is fantastic. And it was one of those games where I was like, this is a sure thing for me. And so I bought it the moment it came out. And in fact, the moment it came out, there was no. Any files when you when you bought it on Steam, so you couldn't play it for the first half hour, uh, which is a little rough, uh, but not a big deal. Um, I didn't, and and while I was waiting for that executable, I read the description of the game, and it was like procedurally generated. I was like, wait, why? Because it's not a roguelike. It's right. It's it, it's a Metroidvania game. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit in in our video as well, but uh, it does seem like something that they thought would be a much cooler, weirder, crazier thing. Uh, but it's actually, one, it's not super uncommon these days. It's not the common way to do a Metroidvania in general, but usually when it's done, it is done more in a roguelike where yeah. you you die a lot, start over, and it's different every e time. Even, even just like, like a Diablo style thing where when you leave the map or restart the game, you can go back out into that map and it's sort of rearranged. This is like, you, when you start the game, you get a seed, and your game will be the same way every time. Um, and I don't know, and, and that's that's one of the that I don't think it adds to the game, and it it makes me worried that maybe I got a bad seed. So, unfortunately, I have to say that I'm like really disappointed in this game. Um, it turns out it's not very good. It's kind of uninspired. Um, and I'll talk about that. Like basically, when you start off, it seems fine. Like there's a there's some story. It's kind of like a, a ton of words to read, but that's fine. Uh, but it seems like there's they're trying to build up a story for you, and that's yeah. interesting. And they send you out into the countryside, and then you get to a mine, and you need to save these villagers. And it's like cool. Um, so you go down to the mine, and you fight some enemies. And and the, what you start to realize is that all so the rooms themselves, like with, with like the major rooms, like save points and and, and like where people are and stuff aren't procedural, but the connecting paths are. So in my mind, I ended up with just like, it was like genuinely like 10 left to right rooms to get to like one other branching path. So it was really bizarre. I was just going left to right. And as I was going through those rooms, it was like every, the enemies are perfectly spaced between, uh, then there's a lantern space between. So every room kind of looks exactly the same. Um, the combat is, Weird. There, it's just like, it's like you would imagine. You hit a button and you swipe your sword, and your your animation locked. Um, but you, you, there's no such thing as animation canceling. So if an enemy lunges at you or attacks you, you can't get out of it if you're in 
uh, a swing, and it, it feels like you don't have as much freedom in the combat as you should. Um, well, one thing that I found a little bit weird about it, too, is the enemies, um, at least in the early part of the game, the enemies are they're on their track. Yeah. And uh, uh, they're not really... Uh, they don't come really, after you. Yeah, they're not aggroing. They just, they're going back and forth, and if they run into you... Oops, yeah, they poke you. like they literally walk around with their knife out, and then if you walk yeah. into the knife, you go, "Ow!" Yeah, uh, but they, like, with it the feels very like, NES. You know, a couple exceptions, like there are the glowworms that drop on you, and they're and I hate the bats. The bats are one of those enemies that, in like every one of these kinds of games, I feel like there's an enemy that was made to torment me in particular. Right. That for whatever reason, the way my brain is wired. It doesn't respond well to that one. Well, the, it, for me, it's bats. That's that's the, especially with the sword. You have like a a straight attack that has basically no arc. So right, you, you like hitting those is like you have to jump perfectly in time and pin the butt. Yeah, they're hard um, because you can't swing up, which is right. I think a, a a bit of a. a, a thing they should have fucking put in. Yeah. If to, he has a sword, he should be able to do this. Totally. Um, to the game's credit, it I, I said the same thing. Like the first couple enemies I fought, I was like. Are these enemies really not, they're just pathing, they're really not going to even attack me? Like, I just started jumping over enemies, uh, but to the game's credit, a little further in, most enemies will, there will be a f occasional ones that just path, like things that like crawl around a rock, yeah. so that if you touch a it, you hurt. Right. Um, but there are enemies that will come after you. Um, but in general, there are like three archetypes of enemies. It's like the enemies that path and don't, don't care about you. There are the enemies that just walk straight at you and, and attack. So you just jump over them and hit them, or they're the enemies that shoot stuff at you. Um, and the, just the combat in general kind of just feels bad. I, I wish there was more variety to it. The once you un, once you save like the magician, she sells you spells in in, in very Metroidvania style. Like she'll sell you like a throwing knife, which is it, a lot of these translate directly to Castlevania. Uh, like a throwing knife. They, they have an axe, which is like a yes. curved arc. Yes. Um, they have a little holy water vial, uh, a molotov, I think they call it, um, and none of it feels particularly special. Um, the first huge problem I have with this game is that the save points are so far and few between. Uh, the first time I died, I lost 35 minutes of progress. Whoa! Yeah, I. Uh, so now we're getting to the root cause of your, well, your gripe. Well, well, it's it's. How did that make you feel, Adam? <laughs> this whole area. All of the areas, as far as I can tell, have a singular save point. So what ends up happening is you'll be going through an area for 45 minutes. You'll do one thing that is like pertinent, like getting a, getting a, an item, which, by the way, there are very few of, yeah. uh, saving a, a, a citizen. And then you're like, okay, well, I better go trek back to the fucking save point. Right. And so, so much of this game is spent trekking back to the save point to refill your health or to, to like save your progress so you don't fucking lose it. This feels like a game that uh, maybe was in development too long and its ideas have been done better by other games. Like, uh, there, there's so many like, Metroidvanias dude, like that's... Ori in the Blind Forest, right. Hollow Knight. Dead Cells, the, the, like... Well, Metroidvanias in general, I, I find to be a really, one, a, a great genre. Yes. And a genre that I think works really well for indie games. Yes. Uh, and for indie game developers because it is uh, a manageable scope. Yep. And it is something where you can use a lot of your assets multiple times. And so all that is is really great. I think that where this one falls down just a little bit is I think they got so excited about the idea of procedurally generating everything yes. that they, they didn't realize that that only really does anything for you if you're gonna play through the game multiple times. But I wonder if they spent 
so much time working on that part of it that the the polish of the first playthrough experience didn't quite maybe get to where it could have to make additional playthroughs more compelling. Yeah, I mean... Because they were they spent so much time I, on that instead. I, I don't see myself continuing to play this game. I played it for like five hours, and like the one thing about Metroidvanias is you're constantly getting upgrades. You have that carrot and the stick. You're either finding upgrades that allow you to access new areas, or you're getting upgrades like weapons. Um, this game has virtually nothing to find in terms of like weapons or items. I have seen in all of my gameplay, uh, uh, an enemy has dropped, and, I've, and it shows you how many enemies you've killed, and I've killed like 800 enemies, and an enemy has dropped one item, and it was a bandana. Oh yeah, we got we that got bandana, that. we got a bandana, we, we got a bandana, we, also we got, got a knife. We also got a knife that was more powerful than our sword, but that's not how knives should work. It's I don't really think. not. Unless it was a magic knife. Well, it might have been a badass knife, dude, you don't I know. Yes. Really, it's, uh, it was like one of those really cool knives that had like Like the ones you find in the mall. Yeah. Like hey, go look, to mall ninja Don't shit. not that. You know that I used to work at a sword store in a mall. Did you really? I did. That's really that was That was, I was so <laughs> lame. I loved it. I was like, excuse uh, me, would you like to buy this Xena sword? I, I was. Because please buy it. I was Because I want to buy it, but I can't afford it. Right, yeah. I was definitely like the 16-year-old kid who like went to the store and be like, I want this cool knife. It looks like a ninja knife. Right. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Oh, yeah. I had replicas from like Lord, from Lord of the Rings, Xena, Hercules. Uh, there were a bunch of cool, like, futuristic ones as well. Did you just display them, or were these for so, cosplay purposes? These were for no, fighting. they're, they're for, for, yeah, <laughs> for they were, uh, LARPing? sort of the, the kind of, like, props, just, like, whatever sword you'd, you know, you'd When your friends come you over, you say, dude, sword. come yeah. check it out. Yeah. I wouldn't hit anything with it. It'll right. probably break really Shatter easy. Shatter it, yeah. Uh, but they looked really, really cool. There you go. And they, there were one or two that were, they'd have in there that were like, look, this is folded. You could hit someone with this. And I was like, I don't know why anyone in the mall food court is going to buy a sword, but please do so that I have a job. I didn't last there very long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not great at selling swords, as it turns out. Because <laughs> people would be like, that's really expensive. And I'd be like, yeah, it is. Yeah. See anyway. You see you later. It's going to all your <laughs> right. allowance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I digress. So, basically, there are very few upgrades to find. And, again, like, I don't know if this is just the randomness of the game. Like, I never found a knife. Um... Or is it just, like, should they have just made this not procedural so everyone had the same experience? But, um, and then when you, when you do find, like, I, I have found one, like, ability upgrade, which basically lets you hang on ledges. Um, and that has been fine. It's just like... It's been fine. It's been fine. You're it, hanging it, there. Like, this is fine. There, there wasn't much... Like, in the first area, I didn't see anything I needed to come back to aside from one ledge that I needed to just crawl under. And I don't feel like crawling should be a special ability. I feel like maybe you should just be able to crawl. We found a couple things. Uh, one was you would need to crawl or roll or... Oh, know, there's like a floor. Something. There's a floor. Uh, you need rocks. to be able to push yeah. through a floor. Yeah. Uh, we found one you're going to need a long jump to get to because we could... Yes. Like we, we tried to do to just like the pixel jump to see if maybe we were just doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. This game isn't one of those pixel perfect platforming things. No. It doesn't require no, you to be loose. that close. Very floaty. So yes. we were but we wanted to see if maybe this was just pushing the limit of that. It wasn't. We're pretty sure we just need a long jump. So And there was a high jump section, like a cliff yeah. that was too tall. So it, it, we we did find a couple things where it's like I can tell I'm gonna come back to this. I'm, I'm watching you have fun with the bats over here. You're doing a real good job. Shut up. Stupid bats are the worst. Especially when you're on like skinny platforms, yeah. 
Um, the, um, but <laughs> so we found a couple of those things, and I think one thing that we should note as well about this game is. It is procedurally generated. The rooms are not. The no, rooms like, are handcrafted, so you're not going to be finding just a bunch of random platforms put all over the place. The thing is, it's is that the rooms are not rooms well connected in a different order depending on right. the seat. And but they're not well handcrafted. And I hate to say that, but like so many of these rooms are just a long hallway with perfectly evenly spaced enemies and evenly spaced lanterns. And there's no like ledges to climb up to. There's nothing secret to find. It's like. There's nothing special in the game. And I've found a bunch of those iron ingots. Still haven't gotten the blacksmith or whatever I'm supposed to give that to. We figured that's what we're supposed um, to do yeah. with them. And then, like, I don't know, man. I, I wish I liked this game so much. And I tried, I tried so many times to give it more of a shot. Um, and I've beaten a couple of the bosses. By the way... Horrible fucking game design. Excuse my language. When you, I think Adam's angry. When you, when you beat a boss... There should be a save point directly after it. Yes, and there yeah, isn't absolutely. in this game. Or before game. it. There is, but there is before it. But like, you should be able to progress forward and feel like safe in the knowledge that there's probably a save point before you fight the enemies. I beat the first boss, and I went back and saved just in case. I went past where the boss is. There is like, there's no save point at all for like a good twenty more minutes after you fight that boss. And and like when you beat a boss, you don't get anything cool. Like it's just, God, it's such a bummer, man. This game feels like it's it's. In a way that it's too, uh, uh, it's it's trying to ape its influences too much. I mean, it's so Castlevania. I mean, whipping lanterns—that's that's literally Castlevania. And there's a spiny thing going around one of the platforms. That's straight out of Metroid. But yeah, then it doesn't learn lessons like like you said. Put a fucking save point there. It, yeah. I still. It, I, I, I liked playing it, but I do feel like there's better examples of the genre out there. It feels right like, you know, like kind of like a soulless idea of a Metroidvania. Like it, I don't feel like it really ever finds its footing of what kind of game it wants to be, except within the art style. I feel like looking at screenshots yes, of this yes. game, I would say, yeah, that is a damn good looking game. I want to play that. It, and that's what's so unfortunate is because it does look like it should be a good game. The roguelike thing, too, I don't think works at least in this example, very well with the concept of a Metro, Metroidvania because these games are about level design. And I know that the rooms are hand-designed, but still, the way, like you said, the way they link them together, I think it takes you out of that. It's not as tight of a performance. It's a, it, it feels like a roguelike. And, I mean, to me, those two things like don't necessarily go together that well. Well, um, I mean, next week, Dead Cells is yes. going to be uh, officially hitting. And I haven't and played it, but I pre-ordered. A, I hear it's that's great. procedurally it's generated. Really that good. is yeah. more roguelike. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it may, and you know, I'm from what I'm hearing from people who have spent time playing it, it needs to be played. So, so yeah, I can't wait. People might give us flack for saying that, that Dead Cells is a Metroidvania because it is procedurally generated, uh, but it is. So the, the reason it is is because when you start the game, every every level you go through, there will be like paths and things you cannot access within every every time you go through it, no matter what, mm -hmm. you'll see those paths that you can't access until you progress to a point where you have the ability to go through this way. So there are Metroidvania elements where once you get a new ability, you're then able to use new paths. Right. Well, um, that's what I consider to be the defining characteristic of a Metroidvania. I think people might feel that that is true, but like I think people might think because it's procedural, you're not. It's not really a Metroidvania because it's not like a, a set map where you're going back to the, the, the same exact area. Right yeah, totally. And here are your save points. Yes. Um, 
So I don't know. That game looks good. Death game, but comes out in uh, two weeks. It's like the 14th of October or August. Um, and what's the other one? Iconoclast is a game that has already been out. Uh, that's early coming access. to Switch uh, August second. That's a good game. So uh, what's today? It's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> it's coming out. It's gonna be out by the time I, this episode. I am gonna play more of that. What is I, it? Iconoclasts. It's like a little. It's very charming art style. Little okay. little Metroidvania style mm-hmm. game. Um, it's fun. Uh, I'm disappointed. I also I, I got so disappointed in this. I was like, I need to find another Metroidvania to play. And the same day, La Mulana 2 came out. And that's a really... It's a, I don't want to say it's a really good game. It's a, <laughs> it's a much better game than this. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's really unique. It feels like a Japanese... It feels like a JRPG in the, in the terms of the menu and the UI. Because it's, it's so, like, like, clunky. Not clunky. It, it has, like, that same text and, like, weird outlines. And, like, it just feels like a weird Japanese game. But the gameplay itself feels like Spelunky that's a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. You start off with a whip and you're walking around and killing stuff and fighting bosses. Uh, that's, a, that's a decent game. Um, but, yeah. The Chasm. Sad. Look, I don't... I didn't... I did not enjoy my time playing Chasm. I had a perfectly fun amount of time with it. It's a $20 game which does help me to set my expectations a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'm not expecting anything super, super crazy, and it's a low enough price point where I can, like, you know what, I'm gonna check it out. And then I do, and I have, you know, a decent amount of fun with mm-hmm. it. I ended up playing a couple of hours. I'm happy with that. Not everyone will be. Uh, it, you know, it didn't knock my socks off, yeah. but I had a perfectly fun time playing it, and sometimes that's okay for me. I think, like Brian said, though, like in, in the world where we have so many newer Metroidvania games that have done it better, like if you have 20 bucks and you haven't played Hollow Knight or you haven't played Ori in the Blind Forest or like Axiom Verge, like go play some of those first because your money will be better spent. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, and then you've been playing uh, the new Enter the Gungeon stuff, right? Yeah, Brian? they just came out with uh, a long-awaited update, uh, Advanced Gungeons and Dragons. That's what it is. Yes. And but it's, it's drag guns. Drag guns, yes. No, no, no. Dragons. Dragons. They are hell-bent on... Where are my dragons? <laughs> they are hell-bent on doing as many gun puns as fucking possible in this game. I support them 100%. And, absolutely. Yeah, the, there's, every enemy is a bullet, I've found. Yes, it's... Um, it's sort of like, uh, if you've never played this game, it is very much a, a roguelike. It's kind of Binding of Isaac, but with guns. Yeah. Not the, not the religious overtones at all. This Maybe is very, not quite the level of depression. Right, not the blood and guts. This is very much uh, cartoon, fun, lots of uh, funny dialogue. Like, when you go into the, the dungeon at the beginning, there are these guards, and they kind of block your way, and they're like, nope. Go go take the tutorial first, and you can go take the tutorial, or you can be like, "Fuck that! Tutorials are for babies." And they're like, "Yeah, you're right, man. Get on in there." And and um, you just go in. You know, every, everything is a room filled with uh, just bullet hell bad guys. And what the update has done is, it's added more rooms. It's added more um, you know dungeons, some bosses. But it's also made life a little bit easier. Mainly, it's giving you more guns. So I think it's kind of ramped up the fun. Uh, because the, the earlier version, sort of a little stingy with the drops. Really? And yeah, sort of weirdly for a game that should be completely about excess. All about be guns. Completely about, yeah, blowing up as much shit as possible. Well, you kind of had to work for it. And this this just cranks up the 
the fun and, and the craziness a little bit more. So um, it is. It also just came out on Switch, I think, fairly recently. That's, that's where I got it. It was, it was $7. on Yeah, and I had coins built. We talked about this. I bought it for two dollars, I yeah. think. Um, but I played it on PS4 before. But it's just. Um, it's just like craziness and fun. There's also, I mean, you're you're walking around, and there's also a dodge roll mechanic, and that's huge because you've got to. At some point, there's just going to be too many bullets on the screen, and you're just going to have to like find a way to jump and sort of duck under them. But there is a structure. I mean, every floor has a boss. You beat that boss, you go on to the next floor. Rinse and repeat. What is um, the sword that you're using that just sh- is shoots swords? Yeah, that's I love that. Right. Th- there's just they also added the uh, that um, that rocket launcher from Destiny Two, the Galahorn. Really? Or, yes. Is it like licensed? No, they you know they did the indie thing where they're referencing it as right. close as possible without getting sued. Gotcha. But. Uh, fun 8-bit game. I mean, the the graphics are a lot of fun. I mean, Devolver, I feel like, usually does a good job with their stuff. It it is it's hard, very hard. Yeah, uh, it's like it it ran like the first area is like ah, it's a joke, it's easy. Yeah, and the second area is like every enemy does like bullet hell, like crazy moves to you. It it, it hockey sticks up pretty fast. Yeah. It'll it'll sort of teach you the the basics, but then, and then you know it's up you to in the you. Deep end. Absolutely. How, how how much do you unlock? Like, do is there rogue light elements in this? Like where you unlock permanent progression of anything? Like, do you unlock new characters? Do you unlock new yes. uh, weapons to start with? You, you can. I don't know about starting weapons. Uh, there's a they're showing the shopkeeper right there. You buy upgrades. Um, it is the it does the thing where you die, you start over. Um, but yes, I think there there's some permanent things you can you can update. Out. Perfect example right here. This is the first level boss. Um, but it's just uh, it's a great game, kind of like what I call a podcast game, where I can play it and do something else. Listen to listen to a podcast, maybe watch a show on TV. Um, but this one also kind of keeps you on your toes at all times. So yeah. it works really well with the Switch. There are a few performance issues, uh, weirdly, with the Switch. I notice a little bit of slowdown sometimes. But uh, overall, it's been a lot of fun. And this update, it's... Um, it's made it, I think, more what the game was intended to be and just uh, made it just crazier and, and um, just more accessible in a way. I like what I've played so far. I will yeah. say that, I think I said this last week, the Switch for this game, for me, is the Joy-Cons are way too skinny. A lot of yes. people have linked me like fatter Joy-Cons. I think maybe the problem is the, the joystick placement. I'm gonna look at some of those though, but because I wanna play this game portably, but man, it's so uncomfortable right. to try to play on two small Joy-Cons. Yeah. yeah. Big hands, that it's hard. Yeah. Because it, it, it does require, especially once you get down further and further and it gets really it hairy. Is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. The exotic, <laughs> nice. Lovely. There you go. Yeah, the, uh, and the, I'm looking up here, just the, uh, I'm, I wanna make sure the price of Stardew Valley, see if that's changed, because we were talking about how uh, Chasm, $20 game, mm-hmm. and so I'm okay not getting a you know million dollars worth of gameplay out of it, uh, but Stardew Valley, which uh, you know anyone who's listened to this show for a while will have heard me go on about at length, 
just uh, officially on PC released to the multiplayer. It's been in beta for a little while, so I have played a little bit of the, the multiplayer in beta, but they just did this new content drop that not only adds multiplayer, but adds a whole bunch of other new stuff as well. And um, I'm so excited that it's here. It's not here for console yet, so the multiplayer um, is going to hit Switch first, first. console-wise, yes. but we actually don't have a timeline on that. All we know is that it's now officially out for PC, then it will come to Switch, then it will come to other consoles. Was it a $20 game? Was Stardew 20 I, when it... Um, it's actually 15 that 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 is so, the most. That's probably the best fifteen dollar game of all time in terms of like the amount of fucking playability. It, it's unbelievable. I and I've, I I've never. Mind I wish you, I I've now it, bought it. Oh. I've now bought it a couple of times. Yeah, I've started I, I over on the Switch on, just so I could play it from the from same. the fucking beginning. And I'd sunk a hundred hours into the PlayStation that's, Four you, version. How you're talking about that is how I feel about Terraria. Yeah, I bought Terraria for two dollars. Yeah. I put hundreds of hours into that game. I love games like that. I love it when it's like, oh, that's this is my game. And and Stardew, I haven't played a bunch of Terraria. That's one I've always been meaning to get into. But like, it, your your farm is so yours. Like after a while, you it's like, okay, I know where everything is. I've spent so much time and effort. I've, I've, I'm married with a ch with children. And I, I don't but know. apparently, you can uh, you can get the kids turned into birds if you decide you don't want yes. this anymore. Just like real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the this game is so weird in a lot of ways, and it's also it's a, it, it, there's this weird I feel like hump that you almost need to get over with this game where you start off uh, you've been working a dead end job in a cubicle and uh, you finally you're at the end of the you're at yes. the end of your rope you open a letter from your grandfather and it turns out he's left his farm to you so you you quit your job you pick up you move out to the country you take your first look at the farm and oh god it's a wreck because it's just been sitting there, not getting used. It's full of rocks and stumps and right. trees and all this rubbish. And so you have to, oh. you're the, like the, that's all the intro basically. And then right. the premise being, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So the, you can, you start off and the first couple of days are not amazingly fun. Cause you're like, all right, I'm gonna chop down a couple of logs. Oh, now I'm tired and I'm out of energy. I guess yes. I'm done for the day, so. It's hard until I'll you get sprinklers and, and you can start automating your shit. Yeah, and there's, so there is almost this weird barrier to entry where you have to get through the early, early game that is admittedly not um, not hugely fun because it is it's almost there to give you an appreciation for once you yeah. don't have to do that stuff <laughs> yes. anymore yeah uh, but there is something really fun about doing it uh with friends so in the to do multiplayer uh right now it's playable uh either over lan or you can play over steam or um gog galaxy and i believe gog galaxy and uh steam actually they have cross play between the two that sounds as well. So uh, that's pretty cool. And basically all you have to do to do that, to get the multiplayer going is you have to start a farm, then you build a cabin and, and uh, that you go talk to Robin, it costs like 50 rock, which you're gonna get in absolutely no time yeah, just that's... from starting to clear your farm anyway. Yeah. So it's like the lowest possible cost thing to, that you could be building. You build a cabin and then uh, your friend takes over a cabin. Although, spoiler, they can't sleep in your bed. They don't get as much rest. 
It's like of real course life. not. Yes, exactly. But, uh, like in college when you tried to sleep two to a single when you were dating somebody and you're like, this sucks. This is but freaking great. But I'm still going to act like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, having all that's really fun. There are a couple of, of weird things with the multiplayer by default. Uh, you don't necessarily see the same cutscenes. Oh, okay. And uh, so, for example, when I, uh, you know, uh, Marnie shows up and she's like, I found a cat. Or, you know, or a dog. Yeah. Uh, so I could be going through the cutscene. Bernie has no idea that this cutscene is taking place. I'm just sort of standing there like a, like a crazy person. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's a cat. You're just cutscene locked. For, yeah. yeah. Uh, and time doesn't stop while I'm in a cutscene because he's going about his day. Okay. And normally so, it would. Yeah. So normally if you're in the single player, you open your inventory, time stops. You go into a cutscene, time stops. Gotcha. And so it does change the that uh, a bit in that I spend way less time in my inventory because I'm like, oh god, days are wasting. And time is pretty, it's like every 10 seconds is 10 minutes in the game. Time is a huge part of this yeah. game, yeah. Is it is it a thing where they're assisting the main player or does every player have their own game going on? Do you know uh, what I mean? It's, you, you're sharing a farm. Yeah. So uh, I could log into the farm and have no one else be there and just go about okay. building this farm. Okay. Uh, they can log in, but I think only if I'm playing as well. Got it. So you're okay. sort of the host farm. Got it. So they, you're all working together on one farm. Okay. They don't have their own farm in the same world. Got it. Uh, but similarly, it's if you if you don't feel like farming, if you think that sounds like it sucks, you can take off and you're like, I'm gonna go be the fishing guy. Right. I'm gonna fish and make us all the fishing money, or uh, I'm gonna go I'm do gonna go all mine. the mining. Yep and I'm gonna get us to down to the 100th level and everything. So you can, once you're in the world, you can each do your own thing, okay. more or less. Okay. Uh, but you both need to go to bed to end the day. Okay. So it, like the day doesn't end until you both go. This or is, one of you passes out. This is another game that he's kept updating beyond the point, I'm glad he's doing it because I love Stardew Valley, but he has kept with it beyond what I think most gamers would expect out of a game. He, they've gone above and beyond because it's been so successful. I mean, it was an indie I agree, absolutely. hit of the year. This is uh, one of those games where I um, like I almost get to the point where I'm like, can I give you more money? Right, because I right. feel like... So when you start buying it for your friends, you just like just shell out. Spreading the and word. You know, That's what I do with yes. Terraria. Every time it's on sale, I buy a couple copies and send them out. I remember that was actually a thing, too. Uh, early when this game came out, there were people just in the Stardew Valley community who were buying copies for people who had pirated the game so that they would have legitimate copies because they were like, no, 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 I want the developer supported. Yeah. I'm buying you a copy. That's and I just thought that was really lovely. Wild. You know, and it's, uh, there's something about this kind of game too where it's just, it just makes me happy. Yeah, I agree. And I can, I can spend all this time and have a, a lovely, lovely time. It, also playing. some weirdly deep storylines on some of these. Like I remember getting uh, one uh, my, my wife in the first game, her mom was an alcoholic. Uh, oh, you went for Penny. Like, yes, and, and uh, it was clearly like it had affected her and like she's always at the bar. And weirdly, she's also the bus driver, which seems like a terrible combination. But like there's a, a veteran returning home who's got like uh, probably PTSD issues. Mm -hmm. There's a, a, a huge anti-corporate undertone. Uh, they're sort of the giant chain uh, department, not department store, but sort of a stand-in like for Walmart. Walmart. Yeah, 
that you can either you can buy all your shit from, or you can rebuild the community center by gathering all the bundles, uh, which is clearly like the way the developer wants you to go. But there's just he he sneaks a lot of uh, uh, his own like you know viewpoints and messages in there, which I think is really cool. It's definitely got like a strong point of view that is the product of one person. And that's why indie, that's why I love indie games. I will say like one of the challenges is um, I really like all of the, like all the girls that you can date. They all yes. have like really cool stories and they're mm -hmm. all very compelling. The dudes, it's like, uh, okay, so do I want the, the emo computer programmer? Do I want the, um, the skateboarder dude who is doing a band thing? Um, the sports guy who instead... Who throws a football constantly. He throws a football and instead of going off to become a sports star would just become my farm husband. Uh, or, like, or do I want the artist living on the beach? None of them seem to go really like deep. Uh, yeah, men so are I really find, shallow. I find... <laughs> All men. What other what other types of dudes are there? Yeah, what, what are they? Like, yeah. It's all the archetypes. You got the nerd, you, you the jock, the, the artist, and the punk. I just feel like you didn't have like the really cool like the the deeper storylines to go the into. The pretty boy. Yeah. Um, although I will say that for that reason, I actually liked Shane, uh, who in the launch version of the game he wasn't dateable or yeah, variable, right. and now he is, and they added him, which I thought was good because I was like, well, there's first Pam of all, the drunk. Yeah, there's Pam. Penny's mom. That, Penny's, that, mom. Penny's, mom. Penny's mom. Penny's mom. Penny's mom. Uh, where, like, he actually seemed like there was a lot going on. Like, he had he had depression and he was suicidal, but he was working through it, and he felt all this pressure uh, with because he, you know, he moved and he was a failure, right. but he wanted to do all these things. Right. But, you know, he's happy Marriage that he managed material. to make blue chickens, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so he was at least like a a more complex character. Mm -hmm. What's up, Ben? So the uh, multiplayer update also added a bunch of other stuff. It's not oh, just so multiplayer. Much stuff. Yeah, they've added a few new festivals. There's like a new event that will then add a whole new like other subset of like collections that you can grab for some like strange item. Uh, they've added like new character events, new storylines, like new items. There's a new reason to go back down into the mining dungeons and like Ooh. try to go as deep as possible. He had a bunch of stuff on top of just the multiplayer. There's also uh, one of the things everyone discovered when the the beta for this update came out is uh, so there are there's a certain set of people that you can uh, date and then you can marry one, but you can date all of them. Yeah, like you, even you when get you're them up married. to a certain point yeah. in order to. Uh, so everyone in town has. Uh, you can get up to a ten heart relationship with the people you can date. You can get up to eight hearts, mm -hmm. and then you have to either you have to date them to get the last two hearts, or you have to marry someone else, and then they become a regular ten heart progression. And so, a lot of people would just date everyone, and now there's a whole event if that happens, where everyone really? gets together and, and then they shun you. you. <laughs> and then none of them will like you anymore, unless, unless, I heard, and I haven't tested this out yet, unless when you go to that heart event, you're carrying a lucky rabbit's foot. That's great. So there's just all kinds Aha, of weird... I brought this. And they're like, yeah, you well, have I, to talk I, guess, to me. I guess it's okay then. Um, let's just do the everyone get married thing. Yeah. This is now, a, this is now like a, a whole, a whole polyamorous commune yep. farm is what we're doing here. Yep. But overall, I'm really excited this update is Me here. Me too. Uh, Me too. Huge, huge shout out to Concerned Ape. I love what he's done with this game. Yeah. Makes me happy. Super happy. But. Ape's a last, good last name too. Ape. <laughs> <laughs> last name.
but there's also uh, some stuff going on in the world of Steam in particular. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit more about the news? Okay, so Steam, amazing, love it. It gives me things like Stardew Valley. It's where I get most of my PC games. They have had an issue recently. They're shutting down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a good run. They just, you know what, they're just not making any money. <laughs> Uh, the there's a game on Steam or that was on Steam. Uh, it's called Abstractism. Abstract, abst. I. It's a game called Got yes, I, Abstractism. Yeah. I I thought I had that right. I wanted to double check. Uh, and this was a game put out by you know just some random indie developer. Uh, and a couple things have happened with the game, sort of all simultaneously, that got a couple heads a scratching. The first was that someone posted on uh, on a Team Fortress 2 forums that they had accidentally traded with someone on the Steam Workshop for what looked like a Team Fortress 2 item that turned out to be from this game. Oh. So they were basically creating these uh, these item drops in abstractism that were identical to, uh, there, was, there was Team Fortress 2, I think they did some for Dota 2 as well. Basically they decided, how can we make Valve actually pay attention to this? Let's just cramp yeah. their games. And, <laughs> which was, I was, I mean, look, it's not ethical to do anyway, but it seems like extra stupid to do something that then would, would uh, definitely come to Valve's attention because it's about Valve's games on Valve's platform. So, you know, uh, if you're going to be un unethical, maybe be a little more subtle about it, but they weren't. So that came up. Uh, and then also people noticed that, man, this game, which is like this shitty black and white Very simplistic. platformer, really, really simplistic, uh, was using an awful lot of resources on PCs. And there were also a couple of executables out of place. And here's the weird thing. People's malware scanners were picking it up. I wonder what's going on with that. And the developer had the most amazing answers of all time. Uh, so one, let's see, uh, let me look at this one response. Uh, the developer uh, said, you're, was talking about the high resources and said, probably you're playing on high graphics settings because they take a bit of CPU and GPU power required for post-processing effects rendering. Which a, a toaster could run this game on max settings. It's not intensive at all. And then as for the uh, the malware thing, the developer said, no, abstractism launcher is made on Click Team Fusion 2.5. It is a common issue for this engine. It It's not. He, he said the, the, the line, abstractism does not mine any of cryptocurrency. Yes, so there are a bunch of people, basically that's, way it came out, everyone's like, I think this is a crypto miner. I think that they have right. just secretly installed cryptocurrency mining software on the PC and it runs with the game. Because here's how they handled the item drops, which is how these two tie together. Item drops were tied to playtime. You don't have to be playing it, but you had to have it open. And you had to have it open, there'd be once a week, this would reset. The, the, the item drop timer would reset. So you have to have it running, then it resets, and then you, you can you know, drop items, and then, it, and then it continues onward. So they basically just wanted you running the game to then use a ton of resources. And then they would give you scam items. So basically, the, like this was a whole circle of an unethical developer hoping that unethical players 
would just leave the game running so they could get items and scam other people on Steam out of money or other items, whatever. And so <laughs> this feels like the whole circle. Yeah, I, and I emailed Steam about it, and they said we've we've you know pulled the game. It's a complete scam, but. This feels to me like something Steam should have caught in the front end. Well, they, it feels like their QA needs a little bit more work if games are installing. Well, that's that. definitely that's just the conversation this is bringing up. It's like, what, what, how does this shit get through? Right, right. Like, well, at I, the very I, least, did no one try and run the executable and yeah, hit a malware exactly. scanner? Exactly. Um, they need maybe a better process. So, like, okay. If a game's coming from uh, Bethesda or Rockstar or something like that, we might not need to take a close look for malware. But if it's coming from Joe Blow, the the fly-by-night developer who's this is his first game, maybe let's let's install that and run it and just make sure. Let's have a little bit of a little bit of quality assurance before this gets through because th this isn't the first Steam game we've seen that is. Pulled shady shit like. This. I think Valve has actually come out and said, "Look, they can't. They don't have the resources to vet every game." Isn't that what they said at one point? I mean, and that's look, and I get that. That's true. If they like, let's say you took like there are thousands and thousands and thousands of games releasing on Steam, and on one hand, that's really great because a lot of these are they're indie games, and Steam is how they can be discovered and how they can make it big. Steam is how I have found most indie games over the last several years is it is on Steam. Someone says, this is really great. It builds word of mouth. And then you hear about it and can discover it. Right. And some of my favorite experiences have come that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is also uh, this, because it is this wide open environment that they right. really... They do put it on the user base to determine whether games sink or swim. They're also putting it on the user base to do some of that that QA and, and vetting. Um, totally, which, they have a curator system. Right. Yeah. Which I think on some level that's fine, but on the other level, Steam has enough money to hire. Like they could hire people to test. I, I don't know yeah. to test these games. It at was least for basic. I I liked the time more when when a game released on Steam or was in like the new releases, it was something interesting yeah, and maybe even exciting. And now it's, I never look at the new releases. You don't? Oh yeah. Because it's garbage. Yeah. It's all like, now it's it's less just chronological new releases right. and more like these are the, the hot and new releases. Right. But even then it's like, it's never. Or it's just like the big budget games right. that you already knew were coming out. Right. Yeah. Or if they had, maybe if they had a bounty system. So that something yeah. like this happens, people can vet it, you know, re report yeah. in for a bounty, like what is what is a scam, what is not. Right. That There's also, though, potential for that to get abused because sure. then people will be reporting things that aren't, that don't necessarily fall into those categories because they just, you know, they're hoping to get whatever yep. reward it is they can, if it's store, like Steam credit, whatever. Uh, so right. there's... Or they work out a con with their friend who releases a, a, a malware game and then they find it. You yeah. know, so you know, it's there's like, there's hustle. This is not a make any of cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, here's the best part about that is previously that developer had said, hold on, let me find this. They're, um, they'd previously mentioned uh, that it was mining a cryptocurrency and then took that out of uh, another comment. Like there was uh, Moreno, they said, Moreno Bucks or something. They replied to a uh, someone, I guess, on the games page claimed that it appeared to mine cryptocurrency and the devs responded saying, Bitcoin is outdated. We currently use abstractism to mine only Monero coins. <laughs> Monero coin, there Not we go. Not shady at all. Yeah, and then they were like, no, 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 it doesn't. 
Great. So that was a lot of fun. Valve has responded, uh, not only by taking the game down and banning that developer, uh, but they've all, they're also addressing not the, hey, we did in let a game that uh, installs malware on your PC Our bad. onto the storefront, um, because I think that that's probably going to take a little bit more. Uh, however, as far as the whole scam item trading thing goes, they clearly want to protect the Steam Marketplace. Right. Uh, that does well for them. Uh, and they are going to be implementing uh, things like a, like a check mm -hmm. that will say, like, hey, uh, you're trading for an item uh, in a game that you've never played. Are you sure you want to do that? And that sort of just sort yes. of double check yes. uh, to be like this. Um, you, are you sure you're trading for what you think you're trading for? So they are putting some safeguards in place, which is good. Um, they, they, I, you know, this is obviously an egregious case, and, and they'll yeah. learn lessons, and, and they'll, I'm sure they'll fix things. I, I do think there, there might need to be a little more curation on their end, because I, I think it's great how open Steam is, but, but I think when, when uh, just letting malware in just feels like mm, maybe we ought to yeah, clamp, it's like clamp it's down it's a little. turning into like the Android store where right. you never want to download anything that you don't know exactly what it is. Right, and, and once unless a bunch of other people have downloaded it first and vetted exactly. it already. And, and yeah, and once your, your reputation's everything, if that gets fucked, or, you know, then it's, you know, people will move on, even uh, from Steam. I mean, yeah, that's true, but also, like, Steam has a pretty long history of yeah. having these games that are just straight asset flips. Right. Or uh, there was that's there true. was one um, a little while ago where uh, it was supposed to be like a six-level puzzle game, and the developer was like, "But it's really hard. Like, like people are having so much trouble even figuring out the first level." And then someone dug into the code and found out there were no more levels. <sighs> They hadn't built great. any other levels. There was just no exit from the first level. That's great. There was no way to solve it. And uh, the whole time the developer was like, no, 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 it's just really, really difficult. Which is, even in even in Mario Maker, you have to be able to beat the level yourself before you can post it. Right. right. They should just implement Mario Maker rules. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's uh, uh, there was another game that ended up I think it built itself as a sort of like, as like a spacey survival. It was surviving, uh, it was 2066 or, I uh, don't remember the name of it, but it turned out to be like just an asset flip that was, you basically had, like, could walk around an empty environment. And nice. that was all there was to it. And cool, so there have been a couple of, <laughs> cool, man. you know, there have been a couple of pretty egregious cases. Or $100 DLC. I mean, you know. Yeah, look, the, the $100 DLC can be funny sometimes. That's true. Uh, you're talking about the, the, the Galgun DLC? Because oh, yes. I think that is hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's a very expensive joke, but at least they're very upfront about true. it being like, yeah. come on, yeah. come on. And... Uh, where else are you going to see boobs on the internet? It's also not the only time, honestly, that a game's installed malware. Look at that flight sim that's, that, that that's puts the malware in of. recently. Yes, that's and what I'm uh, into, like, you buy, uh, like, this, I think it was a, you buy a plane. Um, it was an update, and they It's called had, Star Citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and they had, uh, yeah, they'd installed, like, malware that would basically, like, track you. Uh, and they, they put that in there, because they, they said they were trying to combat piracy. But it yep. was uh, it was basically conveying information that they should have no access to. Yeah. And so it's and, you know it's so it's not it's not just little developers. This this uh, flight sim developer is quite well known in that space, and it's it's not just first timers. Right. People either. people are mad about that stuff, but no one no one gets mad about their phone listening to them all the time, because that thing, dude, 
Phones are phones are egregious now. They don't care. Like, I'll I'll be talking about like uh, cheeseburgers, and then like an hour later, I'll add an ad for cheeseburgers. Like, no matter it's it's crazy how like just upfront like advertisers are now of like, yeah, we do listen to you. I wonder if we've like yeah gone too far. With, with just everything, with that, with Facebook and all yeah. this shit. And we're just going to, like, as a society, like, I, we've probably gone too far. But, you know, people are deleting Facebook. People are, you know, kind of scaling we're, we're back. reverting back. Yeah. Would you, would you, if you could go back to 2007 when smartphones became a, a real thing, would you tell your 2007 self that, hey, man, just chill out, don't buy a smartphone? I, I hate how much I'm, I use my phone at all times and it's, how, it's like, an, tethered everyone. I am to it. I, I, I do not like that. Everyone... Like almost everyone yeah. is is attached yeah. and has their phone on them at all times. Right, it's wild. I did think the other day, like, what if I just got an, an a cricket phone for thirty bucks, you know, and just yeah. like talk, like went yeah early two thousands. Yeah, I wish there were still pay phones and just get rid of phones altogether. Yeah. but then I was like, I can't play Hearthstone on that shit, yeah. so nope. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. I know. No Hearthstone. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we so uh, other news. The and this actually this goes well with your whole Hearthstone thing. Um, well, sort of. It's it's a segue. <laughs> Good job. Fable. Uh, there. So uh, the Fable team, the okay, alleged Fable team uh, at for Playground Games, which is the studio that is allegedly working on a Fable project for Microsoft, uh, has started up a second studio. They've announced some hires, which look like for this unannounced RPG that they're working on, which is. Fable, uh, it's like the worst kept secret ever. Phil Spencer, like he didn't, he didn't confirm it at E3, but he may as well have. How done. close has he come? How close has someone come to confirm? It? Like an actual confirmation? It was like an all but confirmation. Okay. Um, at E3, he was talking to God. Who was he talking to? Um, I think he was talking to Giant Bomb. Okay. Um, at E3, and didn't say it, but at this point. Look, it's it's a new we're, chicken we're kicking working RPG. under the, uh, the assumption that that it's that this is pretty firmly fable. Did he like blink once for yes or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like Morse Lots coding like, fable. Uh, but the the developers that they're bringing on pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, so they have uh, developers who are formerly from EA Motive, uh, Bioware, Rocksteady, Ninja Theory, Guerrilla Games. Uh, I think potentially there's a maybe even a CD Projekt developer oh. in there. And um, basically... They're bringing back Molyneux? <laughs> Hell yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> Molyneux is so widely known throughout the industry for Molyneuxing it, which his, he always like overpromises these really weird, conceptual, ambitious things that... That guy's like from a technical almost standpoint, criminal at this there's point. Really <laughs> really? No, there's no way these things could be delivered on. I remember Fable 3, his big thing was about the power of touch. And oh it was God. talking about how, you know, like, do you ever think about how people connect through touch? And so it was a whole thing about how you would like hold hands or something and you would touch people and bond with them and that's how you would, uh, like your relationships with people would grow closer and everything. Um, which my relationships definitely did. I got a lot of venereal diseases in that game. Oh, I, th- I thought you were talking about real life first. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, so he has the, all these really weird ideas. Yeah. But there's also some weird, I can't even describe it, ingredient that does end up 
in a lot of Molyneux games that I enjoy a great deal. I enjoyed whatever the weird stuff was with Fable. Previously, I really loved the black and white games. There was something really bizarre and charming, and even though the, they didn't deliver on the promise, yeah. they, there was something there that was kind of magical. I don't know. I think that there's a charm to the games that he, some of the games that he's made like the Fable games. I don't know if that's him or what, because like you look at Goddess, or you look yeah. at, what is that no. game? Was, I do like, feel like he, a he made a promise about the, the what was the game called? The Cube or something like that? Yeah, it was like, who's gonna be the first to the center of the cube? And yeah, they became, like, then they the, were a god in Goddess. So the, the promise was, sort of. the person who clicks the last cube in whatever the cube game was, they'll have their life changed. They'll, and it was like supposed to get a large sum of money and they would become a god and goddess. I think you're gonna get a portion of sales yeah, from like, goddess or something yeah, like, Wait, well. the real life sales? Yes, yes. And that never, of course he never fucking delivered on that. And guess what game it went under? Goddess. <laughs> like, it, I think I think there are people that put together a GoFundMe for this poor kid who like, Peter Molyneux was like, we're gonna give you a great life He's Everything. like he's so, like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. He yeah. got a golden ticket. Yeah, and yeah. this happened a little while ago. So um, people want we're trying to uh, put together like a game bundle uh, for this this guy, yeah. um, Brian Henderson. So the the game was it's Curiosity. What's inside the cube? Curiosity cube. Uh, and so they're trying to put together this this bundle uh, of games that would then. Um, have ten percent of the revenue go to this guy because he didn't get um, what they thought he was going to get. So he had been promised a percentage of revenue from mm -hmm. Goddess, um, and he was going to ins assume the in-game role of the God of Gods, but none of that uh, materialized. So I do, I do love that the community got together and was like, "But he was supposed to be our God. You yeah. don't, don't do this." Yeah. And um, you know, so yeah, there are he like at this point. That's Real shitty. That's gone. That's just jumped the shark of Molinoing it. What's up, Brian? There is so there's a really good Eurogamer article that came out, kind of with an interview with this kid on like, how, what has this done for you? Has it changed for you anything? He says basically nothing's changed. The only difference is he he got a bunch of Twitter followers from it, uh, and even then it's kind of gradually declined. But like, your life, since then. Uh, but his so, life will be changed forever. <laughs> well, he says, well, if I'm with my or my if I'm with my Canadian friend, he'll introduce me as the god of gods at a party or something, and <laughs> some people will think that's cool. And he like kind of tried to get me like a girlfriend with this, but it didn't really work. So nothing's really happened with him. He's like, excuse me, have you met the god of gods? They should at least put him in like a game, like the kid in the the Link to the Past and Zelda who got like you know his own little well, secret he, room. He could become the new Milo. Do you remember the Milo project the Molyneux was working on? Mm -hmm. That was another one that uh, it didn't materialize. This was uh, before Molyneux left Lionhead. Uh, it was a Connect project, mm -hmm. and this was one of the things I. I think it might have been even when it was still called Project Natal. It was one of the like early conceptual, like this is how amazing this technology is going to be. And we all know how that went. But right. he was like this character, Milo, who only exists in, you know, in, the, in this virtual world, but you can talk to him mm. and you can help him with his homework. And build a relationship with him. I, I would rather all through, be in you know, no the power of like gesture and voice. And uh <laughs> Right, so. Oh, that's creepy. I don't like this. Yeah, he's so gonna crawl out Milo, of the monitor pretty soon. He uh, he was supposed to be like this this boy that you uh, interacted. Here we go. So there was this whole like interaction. She's like, "Hello, Milo." Is she fake too? Or is this is just really weird video. 
Just really weird video. It's like, help me, help me. He's like, hello. So yeah, I'm coming that was, out of here in one week. That was weird. Um, you know, so I think that at some point, <laughs> the, the others say they're coming for <laughs> you. Peter Molyneux jumped the Peter Molyneux shark. Uh, but prior to that, I, I did feel like there was an ingredient to the games that I really, really enjoyed. And now we may be getting a new Fable game that has. It's not Lionhead based. It looks like there um, there is a former Lionhead developer who uh, has joined this new Playground Games studio, and so maybe there's that. It's also going to be a UK-based studio, so you can imagine a very similar cheeky, uh, yeah. self-deprecating I just, I just want humor, that. which I think is so important for Fable. Yeah, Fable needs the British charm, is what it needs. It does. You, we're British people, so charm. Yeah. Man, uh, the, my favorite piece of Molyneux news was the fake retirement when someone hacked his account. Uh, oh my uh, God, uh, it was fun. so good. <sighs> that, that, you know, I've, it's in my head, Peter Molyneux, Peter Molyneux is still my black and white Peter Molyneux, <laughs> and it's so hard to let go of that. Your, your fond memories. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah, but uh, I do think that if, if Playground Games is working on a new Fable, that could be really, really cool. I didn't realize how far the Fable franchise had fallen. There, so we, the last Fable game that I played was Fable 3. Not Heroes? I did not play Fable Heroes. I didn't know Fable Heroes was a thing until I went back and looked. That was some Xbox Live arcade brawler that had no reason to be a Fable game. It wasn't the Fable art style. They brought in a couple of uh, heroes and then it was just a, I don't know, a, you know, a side-scrolling fighting game. Yeah. And it made no sense to me why that would have needed to be a Fable game. There was a Windows phone game called Fable Coin Golf. This is where a you would card game, right? Golf away evil. And that's where the Hearthstone tie-in comes in is yes, there was a Fable card game that we it came out uh, 2017. I didn't even know that that came out. That's how quietly it was released. That's when yeah, that's that's the equivalent of a movie franchise that's now straight to video. That just like, oh, it didn't even get a theatrical release. They're yep. just slapping fable on anything now. Yeah. I mean there was there was Fable the Journey, that was the Connect game that I also ended up not playing because by that point my Connect was off somewhere, not hooked up, yeah. and there was no way I was going to hook it up because I didn't want to play a game that required me to be doing it via Connect. Even though I did hear that, like story-wise, there was a lot to like about it, and so the like the the last like five Fable games have all been meh. They should just reboot it, like God of War, but yeah. like start and I Make think it real gritty. Yeah, gritty <laughs> fable. But sometimes, you know, when they gave Dune, when they took it away from id, kind of, and or however it ended up with Bethesda, but that worked out well. well I mean, it's so. still involved. Bethesda uh, or Zenimax owns Yeah, that's it. right. But so they, they, they do work on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think a change is probably needed for fable at this point. I agree. I think it could be a good thing. Oh, I forgot but, fable legends. Yeah, the, uh, the asymmetrical game. That was the one where four oh, people play heroes out, right? and one person plays the villain who's in control of like the armies. And that, yeah, that's the one that got canceled yeah. before it ever came out. Yeah. So there we go. That'd be cool. They could use the exclusive. And they're definitely pouring, it looks like pouring money into it and they're hiring. You can yeah. tell they're trying to, to 
steal whatever oh. secret sauce so we're always playing another so like here's, core fable game because yeah. they're fun. Here's who they hired. Um, there's lead environment artist uh, Noel Lukaswich, uh, who was Bioware, worked on Mass Effect. Narrative director Martin Lancaster from Rocksteady, who worked on uh, Ark Batman Arkham. Uh, UI artist Joel McKernan, who um, wa worked on the on the earlier Forza Horizon games, uh, and then went to Guerrilla Games to work on Horizon Zero Dawn, Destiny 2, and Bungie, and then is now back at Wait, Playground. Wait, he worked on Forza Horizon and Horizon Zero Dawn? Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Chris Goodall from Ninja Theory, um, the principal animator, um, he worked on Enslaved Odyssey to the West, Devil May Cry, and Hellblade, which, I mean, Hellblade is uh, uh, did so much on a, on a limited budget, and so that's amazing. Can't wait to see what he does. Lead technician uh, Rob Dendecker from Ninja Theory, um, who who's also, he worked at uh, Natural Motion, Microsoft, Lionhead, Testology. Uh, and so there are a couple of really impressive ones there in particular. It seems like they are working to, to create a solid team and um, all of those franchises that they've worked on have ingredients that could come together to make a really interesting fable game, I think. Uh, I'm really curious to see how they handle the good versus evil and the, the the freedom of choice that you can have with the fables known for. Um, one thing I worry about with the with a lot of those sort of like you can be good, you can be evil games is that you have to. There's really no room for middle ground if you want to get the experience that you're meant to have from the game. Sure. It was kind of like with Mass Effect, right? If you didn't go full Paragon or full Renegade, you would probably not get to like the proper ending or the the you wouldn't get the exact results you wanted because you'd you know you'd fail a paragon check because you hadn't made every single paragon choice like you know you know what I'm generally a nice person I still want to punch a reporter sometimes maybe they'll just they'll put that in and instead of growing horns or a halo your character will just desaturate and become more and more gray oh I like yeah, that yeah yeah or you so, just have one horn <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I just I I wonder if they'll go with sort of the, the fable tradition, which is you either be the hero or you be the supervillain, or if there'll be more room to have a solid experience somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like real life. Like you're a nice person, but occasionally you do dick moves. Oh yeah. You know, it's just like a normal person really. Absolutely. We've all got that. We've all got that in us. Yeah, so be very curious to see what they end up doing. I hope they, I hope they can get Fable going. That is a franchise that I really, I have a lot of happy memories from, and yeah. I enjoyed those games. I enjoyed Fable 3. A lot of people were disappointed by Fable 3. It had limitations. I understand <laughs> that. I still had fun. Yeah. The first Fable came out when I was in middle school. I remember walking down the hallway and seeing my friend who was also excited for Fable and saying, dude, one more week. That's it. He's like, I know. And it's like a vivid memory for me. I miss those games. days. Yeah, man. Yeah, just, ah. Just getting hyped for games in middle school. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah, just looking forward to anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking forward to anything. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to RCX. Me too. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited for our Nobody's Happy Hour. Mm -hmm. and, That'll uh, be happening Friday, Friday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then uh, we have a no panel, which will also be streamed via Mixer on Saturday. And we have a Glitch Please panel on Sunday, also will be streamed on Mixer. What are we doing on this panel? We have uh, we have some <laughs> announcements. We're cool. going to talk about some video games. It'll be a good time. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to 
Everyone at RTX, absolutely everyone. There's going to be a lot of people, so we, we'd better get started. I'm going to talk to a percentage of you. <laughs> I want to warm up the crowd before our panel. Can you do, can you do like a little routine, a well, little stand-up? Well, because last year, I remember we were all kind of waiting for it to start, but there's this whole crowd, and I saw some mics, and I was like, fuck it. I just wanted to, you know. Oh, this is, like, a, this is a thing. Like, hey, I approve of this. I want to watch you do I, 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 I Googled a video of you yeah? doing some stand-up. Yeah. I was like, I want to see Brian's well, stand-up. Brian is, in fact, doing stand-up Saturday. Night. The kind there of funny the, show. The kind yeah. of funny uh, comedy show, and uh, Brian's gonna be doing that. I'm gonna go check it out. You wanna go check it out? Uh, yeah, why not? All right, cool. Great. All right, so we're gonna go check out RTX stuff. So much stuff to get ready so for, but fun. it's gonna be a lot of fun. So fun. We have uh, an announcement at the No Panel as well. That's gonna be kind of fun. I'm really looking forward. You better watch to that. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. What, I don't even know what it's, it's gonna, gonna be. It's gonna be fun. It's exciting. Yeah. So we will see you there. Hopefully, either in person. If so, please say hello. Uh, or online via Mixer, and it's going to be a good time. We'll be back next week with more Glitch Please. If you're a Rooster Teeth first member, make sure you check out our post-show, New Game Plus, exclusively on the Rooster Teeth website for first members. If you're not a first member yet, you can get a seven-day free trial, so you can check that out. It's a lot of fun. You should do it. And we will see you guys next week. I think we broke Adam.